Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. We're trying to get used to, John and I were just talking about, like we, we just reviewed uh, the first two, and we were kind of looking at, well, I don't like looking there, <laughs> looking there. So if it, if it seems odd that, you know, how we're looking, we're just doing the best we can here. And for those of you that are uh, just listening to the audio, just be glad. Be glad that you are, because uh, we're trying to figure out this whole video portion, but uh, thanks for bearing with us. We, uh, we're in First John chapter 1 and verse 3, and we've been talking about uh, the importance of of Christ and the centrality of Jesus in our life, in our relationship. Obviously, the key to our relationship with God is, is Christ, and then also the key to our relationship with each other. And John, I think that's the point that we're going to begin to delve in today. Is that when it comes down, when when it really comes down to it in the Christian life, it's a matter of our relationship with God. And our relationship with each other. It sure is, Pastor. I love how that John deals with that so much in his epistle. We're going to find a lot with John. We'll deal with both of those concepts and how that really we cannot be right with God unless we're, unless we're right with each other. Right. And I know so many people that say that, that are, they, they have some estrange between them and a fellow Christian. And yet if you were to ask them if they were right with God, they would say, oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I am. But no, we have to be right with each other. And we're going to find out throughout this epistle. Yeah, so look at verse 3. We'll dive right in. Where the Bible says, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. So there's the transition. Remember, we've been talking about the fact that Jesus is all God. He's all man. Neither of those should be denied. And there there were those in the second half of the first century that were denying the humanity of Christ, which was an insidious undercutting of the person of Jesus. So John has made it very clear that we've, we've heard him, we've seen him, we've looked on him, our hands have handled him. Uh, Jesus is real. He's not a ghost. He's not an image. He's not, he didn't just be, the spirit of God didn't, didn't just come upon a human being and then leave him. No, he is the God man. And the Bible says, and we want you to know that. So that which we have experienced that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. And I'll say that, I'll just say this applicationally, John. That should be that should be the spirit of every one of us. That which we have seen and heard, what we have experienced, we ought to want to declare to others. And that, that's a consistent theme in the Word of God. It sure is, Pastor. Without the Word of God, we find this mentality that when we know God, when we have revelation from God through His Word, or as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as John saw. We ought to tell other people about him. Mm-hmm. You know, just as a quick application, you know, when I when I got engaged to my wife back back in 1994, 1994 uh, yeah, when we got engaged, we, I, I just couldn't wait to tell people about this great news. Well, you know, as, as great as my wife is, I love my wife, the word of God, Jesus Christ, there's, there's no one like him. And knowing him, we ought to tell people about him because he is our Lord and Savior. He came so people, so all people might know about him. And so that's, that is something that we ought to be doing. Last, um, last week, uh, some of you were watching our, uh, Carrie and I did some videos from Israel. And one of the days we stood on the top of Mount Gerizim 
So John, you've not been there. Okay? You went with me to Israel, but we didn't go there. So you've got to come back okay. because it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yes. So we, st- we stood on top of Mount Gerizim and we looked down at ancient Shechem and Sychar. And there, and I looked through it through a, a little, had a little telescope with me. And I looked at the, the church that was built over Jacob's well. And that's the place where Jesus met the woman at the well. Remember that? And when the woman at the well finally understood that the person with whom she was speaking was Messiah. Remember, the Bible says she went to the city and she said, you know, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? In other words, that which I have seen and heard, I want to declare unto you. So whether that be the woman at the well, whether that be the maniac of Gadara, whether that be Andrew and John 1, or whether that be John in John 1 and verse 3, it ought to be a principle that lives in each one of us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. And here's the purpose. Here's why we want you to know the Lord that we know. Here's why this doctrinal truth is absolutely essential. So look at it, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So it's kind of a, a twofold purpose. We want you to be able to have the fellowship with us that, that is only possible through a shared faith in Jesus Christ. But we want you to understand that the fellowship that we have as human beings is really based upon uh, the fellowship that we have with, with our God. And that's a great point, Pastor. You and I have both heard, we probably have said, and you probably you have said as well before listeners, that as you travel around the country and go to a church, you walk into a church of like-minded people, and automatically there's, there's a bond there. Why? Because we're serving the same Savior. We, we know the same God. And there is a bond in Jesus Christ. And that's what John is talking about. He wants people to have fellowship with God, fellowship with one another, because it is as we fellowship with God and are right with God that our fellowship with each other can be as it ought be. And again, we're going to find this concept come up and down the road again in First John here. But this is important to us that we always remember the church is about community. It's not about a lone ranger. It's about community, people serving together, a common purpose of following Jesus Christ. Yeah, may, maybe when you were, so those of you that are married and went through premarital counseling, uh, you probably had the counselor draw the, the triangle, right? The triangle. <laughs> and they labeled the top of that triangle God. And then they labeled the other two points, you and your spouse. And the, the point that the counselor made was, as each one of you draws closer in fellowship to the Lord, you're automatically going to be closer in fellowship to each other. And so there's a symbiosis here that, that belongs to our fellowship with the Lord and our fellowship with each other. And, but fellowship is absolutely impossible without a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he is the, the, the glue that, that binds us together. And John, when we talk about the word fellowship, it, at least in, our, in, in my Baptist circles, you know, fe- fellowship, most people just erroneously assume, well, fellowship just means we're, we're hanging out, we're eating some hot dogs, and we're, you know, 
throwing horseshoes. Right, yes. Uh, but that's not fellowship. What, what, what is biblical fellowship? Yeah, this word fellowship, koinonia, some of you may have heard that word even, koinonia. We've, I've, I know of a camp, koinonia, that tried to foster this idea of fellowship. Fel- the idea of fellowship in Scripture is participation toward a common goal. Right. It's interesting. We even find it sometimes translated contribution, where there was a financial gift. Because like when I give to a missionary, what, what am I doing? I'm participating toward a common goal. Mm. And so that really is the idea. Is you are in this together, working together. You want to see in the in the Word of God, you want to see the gospel of Jesus Christ go forth and people grow in Christ. Yeah, a good synonym would be the word partnership. Uh, there's a partnership that Paul said, hey, your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, as Paul spoke to the Philippian church, you've, your, fellow, your partnership with me your participation. So what we participate, we work together, we find symbiosis through Jesus. So watch what it says here now in verse number four, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. So what is the result of a common love for, relationship with, and therefore fellowship with God and with each other? What's the result of that? The Bible says the result of that will be joy. There, there is a joy that comes when we walk with God and we walk in harmony with other believers. That's a great point, Pastor. I like the, I like the idea of joy that John emphasizes here. You know, sometimes I know it, American individualism often is a, is a philosophy that stress, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, uh, this mentality, be a self-made individual. Uh, th- that is not at all what we find in Scripture. We find in Scripture that we need people. Uh, I think how Paul talks time and again about in the church of God, we need to be doing what God's called us to do. We need to be contributing to that. And as everything functions together, there is a joy in serving Jesus. You know, there is great joy that comes in fellowship with believers, fellowship with God, that the world cannot know it is only a joy in Christ. You know, jo- joy is so misunderstood. Jo- joy is not something that you manufacture. Uh, joy is not something contingent upon happenstance or your circumstances. Joy in your life really is an indicator of the what's the word I'm looking for, the uh, the health of your relationship with God. So if you're not a joyful Christian, then the, the answer is not, oh, I've just got to be more joyful. I've got to just be happier. I've just got to kind of, that's not the answer. The, the, a lack of joy is an indicator of a lack of fellowship with God because fellowship will bring joy automatically. Fellowship Proper fellowship is going to produce that. So think about uh, the fruit of the Spirit. So walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So the fruit of the Spirit is just that. It's the evidence of a person who is submitted to and walking in, controlled by the Spirit of God in his life. So that's what John is driving at here. What he's driving at is that joy, I'm writing this to you so that your joy may be full because fullness of joy comes in a bona fide relationship with God and with other believers. As you talk about that, Pastor, my mind goes back to the book of Habakkuk, that little prophet 
who you know we, seems we, like a lifetime seems ago. Seems like that a we, lifetime yeah. ago. Yes, it sure does. But some great things in there that we can't go through the whole book today. But Habak- suffice to say, Habakkuk has a vision of God. He sees God. God is the all-powerful, omnipotent, all-wise God. He knows that God truly is in charge. And so at the end of the book of Habakkuk, really some of my favorite verses in the whole Old Testament about trusting in God, he says, you know, although the fig tree shall not blossom, there's no herd, there's no herd in the stall, no fruit in the vine, there's complete desolation. And yet because he has seen God in a really fresh way, he says, yet I will joy in the God of my salvation. Yeah. And it goes back to what you talk about, the joy. We can't produce that, but it is our relationship with God that gives us that joy, even in the midst of adversity, how that we can have fullness of joy in spite of circumstances. Yeah, think about the, the passage there in Hebrews 12. Uh, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And that's, that, that's the hope that we have. There is joy in Christ and in fellowship with him. And when you, when you walk in the Spirit, you know, the Bible says there in Ephesians chapter 5, Colossians chapter 3, when we truly are controlled by God's Spirit, then there will, there's going to be that joyful heart melody, that thankfulness for all things. So I think the order here is important. Fellowship, joy. Fellowship, joy. Joy is the result of a bona fide fellowship with God and the right kind of relationship with each other. Well, that's all that we have time for today, unfortunately, but we're going to jump back into verse number five tomorrow. Let me encourage you to read ahead, be ready to go, and we'll jump in and uh, learn some more things. Uh, I'm really excited about diving into one of our themes for the book, which is God is light. You're going to have to come back tomorrow uh, to hear about that. So have a great day today, my friends. Thanks for joining us. Uh, God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.